Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. The time now, 38 minutes after 10, and let's get talking about uh, constructive criticism, uh, constructive uh, dismissal. <laughs> criticism, okay. I think I need a bit of that this evening. Uh, Benzito, you heard what I said, right? You and I, we need a conversation. So, um, yeah, let's talk about the fact that if you feel things are just not tolerable anymore at work and you want to uh, resign, but in your resignation, um, you also want to claim the fact that it was due to constructive dismissal. And um, is, is this something that can stand in court? Well, we're talking to Mrs. Nicolene Schumann-Lowe, who's the founder and managing director of Schumann Law Incorporated uh, Attorneys. Thank you very much for joining us, Nicolene. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me. Did you hear me asking for some constructive criticism? <laughs> I heard you. <laughs> we all need some of that. <laughs> Listen, sometimes I think we, we need something more than just that. We need a hug. <laughs> but with COVID-19, it's, it's something it's that is missing. Yeah, <laughs> more than anything else. That's what I think I need. So, uh, Nicolene, constructive criticism, is it something that we can claim? Because because for me, it seems like one of those cases where it's a, it's a he said, she said, but there's no proof. Constructive dismissal is a, let's call it a tricky thing, right? Because for the first time, your onus shifts to the employee as opposed to any other labor dispute, generally speaking, that is on the employer to prove that the dismissal was fair or the labor practice was fair and so forth. So generally speaking, so if you want to claim constructive dismissal as an employee, the first requirement is there needs to be a resignation. And more often than not, that's the first dispute. Was there a resignation or not? And or a termination as such of the employment relationship. So the the first thing that needs to be proven is I resigned. So you would need to do that in writing. But if you are seeking to make a case of constructive dismissal, it's important to ensure that you've exhausted all your remedies. In other words, that you've gone to your HR manager and complained about a certain treatment that you feel is unfair or prejudicing you and making it impossible for you to work within the environment. So the onus is quite heavy on the employee to prove that there's been an intolerable situation. And as you've rightly put, that by itself is a, what we call as lawyers, a subject of consideration. So What is intolerable to me may not be intolerable to you. And that's difficult to prove. So first point, I think, for the listeners is that it's not an easy case to run if you are going to rely on constructive dismissal because you'll have to prove that it was intolerable, which is quite extreme. And secondly, that you've exhausted everything else and you only had resignation as an alternative available to you and that's why you resigned so you would need to prove that you've gone to your manager your line manager the person you report to you've said to them this is unacceptable to me you've lodged your grievance 
you've gone through the process of your HR manager and so on and so forth. You've exhausted all of that before you said, you know what, I've done all of this. It's not improving my situation. It's intolerable. I'm resigning. I, I, I can't deal with this. So, so in, in layman's terms, that's what you would need to do if that's the case you want to build. So before building this case, you would need to endure a bit longer in your place of employment uh, in order to get all this uh, facts straight. And you'd need to obviously get yourself out of the situation emotionally and mentally in order for you to be able to build a case. Because you can only imagine how frustrated one can be if they're not happy in their place of work. And in order for them to be able to be objective when they go to their line manager or HR manager, they'd need to almost be numb to what they're going through. Of course, the emotions, and I mean, all of us have them, and a situation may be exasperated by personal circumstance. So let's say COVID, for example. I think it's it's topical to the extent where possibly we don't want to talk about it anymore. Where you've seen colleagues become ill, you've even perhaps had losses in the workplace, losses of life, or retrenchments, and it's made you feel anxious. So that in itself doesn't constitute an intolerable workplace. It's more about that your employer should behave better in a certain situation. So let's take a classic example. You as an employee are suffering from sexual harassment. So you go to your line manager and you say, this person is harassing me. Please help me. And that person says, ah, no, you're overreacting. Then you can escalate that by, by way of grievance. Take it one, one hierarchy higher up in simple terms until you get to the point of exhausting all your remedies. And if the harassment that you've complained about isn't addressed, then this could very well be a classic case of constructive dismissal. We, the situation makes it intolerable for you to continue in your employment. So again, it's all about what was the employer supposed to do and what did they do and what mechanisms that you, that you exercise to protect your rights before you resigned. So if you resign as the first point of departure, the chances of you succeeding at the CCML, any other forum for that matter, on the basis of a constructive dismissal, become really difficult in simple terms. So it's important for you to perhaps seek advice. That would be my first point of, of departure. Seek advice from an outside person that isn't in the employment situation bounce the idea off of them of what you're going through and how that measures against the legal obligations expected from the employer. So acquaint yourself with the HR policies, with your contract of employment, seek advice, measure how this, how this weighs up in that context in terms of what the employer is supposed to do, what you have done before you simply re, um, proceed to, to resign. 
A-teamers, we are speaking to Nicolene Skuman-Lowe, who's a founder and a managing director of Skuman Law Incorporated Attorneys. And we are talking about uh, the constructive dismissal. Perhaps you are considering a claim um, as an employee and you want to know what steps you should follow. Please call in and ask your questions on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. SMS go to 41391 and they are charged at 150. Now, Nicolene, in, in terms of the, the, the time when you need to bring in uh, a legal expert like yourselves, do you do it before you resign or after you resign due to um, constructive uh, dismissal? Because constructive dismissal is such a special process with this shift in onus of proof I always recommend that it's better to seek advice. And I know it's often something employees put off and they proceed to try and deal with it themselves. If you are experiencing something in the workplace which you feel is making it intolerable for you, you know, not difficult. I think the key word here is intolerable. It's not a um, a difficult, challenging circumstance in the normal way of life. If you feel that there's some prejudice and it's out of the ordinary, it's best to rather spend the time and the money to seek advice, to tell a specialized labor attorney of what you're going through and provide the HR policy, your contract, all these supporting documents, let them have a look. And as an outsider, they're often well positioned to tell you, deal with it in this way. Exhaust this internal remedy first. Refer to uh, refer the matter in this way. So we can guide you at the very least to ensure that you've followed the internal steps so that If you decide, listen, this is enough, I can't deal with this anymore, and you do resign, that you have recourse. If you do that too easily without taking the advice, it is often very problematic because then there could have been a grievance procedure that you didn't execute on because you felt, oh, but this person is friends with that person, so what's going to help it's not going to solve my problem and that may very well factually be the outcome but if you haven't executed that the employer will simply say but listen how is this intolerable you didn't even try to fix this we've got this process we've got that process you didn't try to follow through on these processes before you've taken this decision and that's often where these cases are actually lost. Hmm. So these cases are quite uh, difficult cases um, because uh, they, they, they need a lot of follow through and they need a lot of background work to be done. Now, what happens mm. when the employer can prove that it was not um, a constructive dismissal, but perhaps it was the employee who was just no longer happy at the place of employment? Because it's such a subjective consideration. If the employer succeeds in what we call a no rebutting the onus of proof, in other words, 
the employees put to the proof that it was an intolerable environment. They've tried everything else. Only thing left that I could do to make this manageable and to retain my own level of dignity and integrity was to resign. Often when they fail in proving that and the employer counters or opposes this process, you lose your, your right of recourse at the CCMA or Labor Court because you were not able to discharge the onus as employee. And that's quite critical because that would mean you've resigned, you are to seek another employment opportunity, you've, in simple terms, burned the bridge with the employer, you're not going to get a good reference from the employer. And by the way, giving a good reference in any circumstance isn't a legal requirement. Giving a um, a proof of uh, or certificate of service is a legal requirement. Saying this person worked for me between these dates and these dates, these were their duties. I confirmed this. The employer isn't obligated to provide anything further than that. So if you are seeking alternative employment, you lose the case you walk out without a reference, without future prospects, because let's be honest, any employer these days rely quite heavily on previous employment references. And even those that you don't put on your CV or your application form, often employers take the step to do their own due diligence and to contact these um previous employers, even if you haven't listed them as your reference. So it's quite important for you to know that if there's a gap, let's say you've been working for an employer for anything more than six months, and your new employer looks through your CV and you haven't listed this previous employer, then obviously there'll be a question. What's Mm. this gap about? Where were you? What were you doing? And if it ever transpires that you haven't disclosed this, this could reflect very poorly on you as a prospective new employee. It could even look like you are being dishonest. So it's very subjective, it's complex, and overall employers rely heavily on previous references or even just checking what were your impressions you're not listed as a reference, but I thought I'd give you a call. Did this person work for you during these times? And could you give me a bit of feedback? And of course, if you leave things um, in an unpleasant way, by no means am I deterring any employee who feels that they are being victimized. I'm just saying, please seek legal advice and deal with the process adequately and disclose this in your new employment and say, things didn't end well. We ended up having to go to the CCMA. I was successful. Why wasn't? I ended up going to the labor court. I was successful. I wasn't. And these are the reasons. Do you want more information? Be transparent and honest about it. That often bodes much better than not disclosing it in the first place and leaving people to think and to gauge and fill in the gaps. That often does more damage than just being open, honest, and transparent about what happened?
You know, I, I'd like to find out from you, Nicoline, if uh, there were cases of uh, constructive dismissals that came before the courts and the courts ruled in favor of the employee, because it seems like it's one of those you'd never be able to win. It seems like that. But again, I go back to seeking advice in the situation, not waiting for the situation to perpetuate to a, a resignation that maybe the situation has got, become that intolerable for both sides that there's no recourse, you know, no going back on tendering your resignation, for example. That's what I mean. Um, it's key to get clear guidance from someone who's impartial and who knows about labor law. And, and I can't stress that enough because it's emotional. Remember, as employees, we're in a COVID situation. It's uncertain by its very fiber in normal circumstances without workplace issues. It's critical for us to have that sounding board. And there are many attorneys out there that are quite accessible and affordable. So rather spend the money and do it properly if that is your situation. Yes, there has been successful cases, to answer your question. There are few. Why? Because the onus unnaturally in the way of how labor disputes are usually dealt with in terms of the law, usually the onus rests on the employer to prove that the process was fair, substantively and procedurally. In a constructive dismissal case, that whole concept is flipped on its head. And for that reason, it's a very difficult and unusual onus and process to discharge. It's not impossible. And there has been quite a few cases where you have seen success. And I invite listeners to go to our website at skumanlaw.co.za where you'll find blog posts explaining some of these decisions and proving that it is indeed possible. The only key component is follow your internal processes, soundboard what you're going through with an outsider who knows the law and gives you advice on how to deal with this properly. Sometimes in an employment situation, I said earlier about why well, use it as an example, the sexual harassment where your employer or your HR manager or your direct line manager could be even the guilty party of the harassment. So what is your recourse to complain to the person who's harassing you? So in that situation, ensure that you've escalated the matter higher up before you resign. And as a woman, and I know sexual harassment isn't just confined to females, I'm very well aware of that, but it is a serious workplace issue that regrettably, in, even in our society, is very much alive and kicking. So if you're experiencing an issue like that, that's a clear case of having to follow the process. And often the person, the highest person who you can complain to is the person who's guilty of this conduct. Then the only recourse you have, you, you cannot exhaust the internal remedies, is to resign. Mm. And that would be a clear case of when we would see constructive dismissal succeed.
Um, Nicolina, give us your contact details once more for our listeners uh, to be able to uh, get in touch with you. You can go to our website at skumanlaw.co.za, skumanlaw, one word. And we've got a chat bot available 24-7 dealing with all sorts of issues and routing you to the right person. We offer 10-minute free consultations available on our website for any quick questions that the listeners may have. Or you can contact us at inquiries, spelled with an E, the UK way, at skumanlaw.co.za, or phone us at 021-4255-604. We'll be happy to assist. As long as they call in time, that is, because this seems to be one of those <laughs> that <now>. needs time. <laughs> no, I'm just saying this case that we are talking about of uh, uh, constructive dismissals is mm. one that needs time and consultation and a lot yes. of work. So people should not call once they're already in the hot water. Definitely. Earlier rather than later, let us go through your policies, go through your contract and map out step by step what you need to do, how we can potentially help you, guide you, mentor you through the process. And maybe in some instances, we can salvage the relationship and constructive dismissal or resignation isn't an option. So let's look at all of it, positive and negative and guide you through the most difficult time if we need to and support you through that. We understand it's difficult or we can help you maybe just look at things from a different perspective and guide you through it. Thank you very much uh, for joining us, Nicolene, and uh, giving us hope that there is a, a legal firm that is able to help us when we are facing troubles in our places of employment. Have a good evening. Thank you so much for having me. Let's go to Zolika Pradesh. It's 11 o'clock.